0: and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPM. To receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. Welcome everybody to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford. Here to take you through our Bumper Mega World Series Preview Prediction Show. Um Exciting times! We've been building up this for a long, 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 long time. We've talked about the grind. We've talked about dredging up these winners, which we've uh, which we've done from April onwards, and it's all led to this uh, here to help us uh, through this through this final week or so um, of the MLB gambling podcast season, as ever from Houston, Texas, is Mr. Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, we made it. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. We are here. It's uh,
1: we've been working for this all season. Uh, You know, we said that we're gonna do as best as we could, as much of winning or sorry, picking the winners for the MLB playoffs. I think we've done a pretty great job of that. A lot of prop bets that we've hit. Actually, you've hit with your stolen basis props. Um, Yeah, I'm excited, man. This is gonna be a great, fantastic World Series. A huge, mega podcast, uh preview that we're going to do for the World Series. Um, I'll leave it at that. Let's just say I'll leave it at that. I think this is going to be a great preview. Um, I'm excited, man. It, it, it's it's a fantastic time to be alive, I'll say that.
0: Yeah, so I'll briefly outline the plan because uh, it's going to be a big one uh, tonight. Um, what we'll do, Munaf, uh, we are going to have a little look uh, at what's happened this weekend. We'll recap the final games of the two championship series that led us to this uh, World Series between the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. Um, We'll have a look at the World Series outright odds. and We've got some special guests coming up, Um, plural, more than one. uh, People who've been on the podcast all season and uh, have done really well giving us their thoughts. So we're going to revisit some old guests and get their opinion um, on the Fall Classic. Um, And then we'll be making some outright picks uh, for the World Series. As the week goes on, um, we'll be going game by game as well. Uh, we'll be getting a little bite-sized podcast, as we've done uh, throughout the postseason. season uh, Some little bite, bite-sized, half an hour or so pods, uh, game by game, so we can get you some props, bits, player props, all that sort of thing. Moon um, up! It's uh, it's a Sunday night now. Uh, we've been doing some uh, doing some daytime recordings uh, yeah. to get these in before the uh, before some of the playoff games. So it's a Sunday night now. It's about eleven o'clock in the evening where I am. Um, So we're right in the middle of red zone. Um, And actually, I so I think it was Sean uh, Green was tweeting out last week that it was the, um it was the sports solstice um, where absolutely everything um, was going. Um You had the baseball, you had the NBA, yeah. you had the hockey going. Uh, obviously we've got football going, the APL, mm-hmm. um, the cricket world cup, the cricket slack channel. has been having a good chat and we've had a, we've had a little trend going on the, uh, on the cricket, your boys Pakistan won against your fierce rivals India today. Um, so yeah, there's been a hell of a lot of sport to keep to keep up with this weekend. Moon, how have you been? Uh, how have we been keeping up with everything?
1: I you know you, you could tell I'm smiling from ear to ear, especially with the results that happened today. Uh, we'll get into the baseball of the weekend, which was uh, I think predicted by us, but. Today's been great. I mean, let's start with EPL. I mean, uh Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool, come on, come on. Uh uh Malcolm, I know you as much as you hate Liverpool. This was a very satisfying win in the in the belly of 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 not only pool fans but I think English Premier fans because of the thrashing of Manchester United today. <laughs> I guess we can say that game was over within the first what 30 half minutes or half an hour of that match. I mean, I know both of us were watching it and I was every goal I was celebrating wholeheartedly. I know I was messaging you. We were talking about planning the show, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a great game.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm a bitter and twisted Newcastle supporter. So when Liverpool play Manchester United, no good can come of it for me. I mean, (laughs) I said to you, I just hope both teams lose. Um, (laughs) If then one team does have to win, I much prefer one of the teams to get humiliated. So, I, I, I was taking, I was taking great delight in the humiliation of Manchester United. Uh, they've ruined the best part of forty years of my life. Uh, so for ninety minutes today, I was happy to watch them get get stuffed. And then even for the the disallowed goal that Ronaldo scored, and then mm-hmm. Pogba getting sent off, it's just funny when when a team completely crumbles. Uh, and see, so I've got a, see, so I've got a little bone to pick with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well because. Yeah. Um, he kicked one of my favourite players in 1997. And uh-huh. I've never forgiven him. So, again, I mean, I'm a man who bears a grudge, clearly. Um, so, 25 years later, uh, to see him in distress on the telly, uh, that cheered me up no end. Uh, you guys <laughs> also got a point yesterday as well, Moudaf. We got a miserable one-all Crystal Palace, so that was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, what? Well, Pakistan, ten, a 10-wicket ten, uh, victory over India. Now, if people don't follow cricket, 10 wickets is like the most you can have. You battered them. That's like winning a football game, 71-0. It's like winning an EPL game, 5-0 at at Manchester United. Uh, So a a 10 in and win for Pakistan, especially over India as well, Munaf. Uh, I bet there's uh, there's some partying going on in some Pakistani towns and cities tonight. Oh,
1: yeah. I I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a cricket expert because I'm not. but i'm a very casual fan because my parents are from pakistan and, and my grandparents still live there so cricket in in these type of countries it's it's huge like i guess you know soccer slash football is in in the european countries How nfl is in the united states soccer in the in the uh um the central americas mexico those type of countries the, the the rivalry between Pakistan and India, it's like the New York Yankees versus the Red Sox. It's like <laughs> it's the intense. Packers versus the Bears. It's like the the old school Lakers versus the Celtics. And for them to not only win today, but win by 10 wickets, like you said, it, it's an absolute thrashing. Mind you, it's one game of the of 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 the group stage. They still have four more matches to play, but for them to do what they did today. Um, absolutely ecstatic! And the funny part is, you know, we were talking, we were planning the show, it what time to record. I was telling you that I had to go to my niece's um, birthday party, and there, so their family is from India. Ah, <laughs> yes. And I got there, and I see that the game they were watching the match, and I I went up to uh, went up to my other my 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 cousins, uh, my cousin's dad, and and he's hardcore India. I was like, what's going on, man? What happened? Why are you still watching this match? It's over. <laughs> And he had no words to say, absolutely no words. And my brother in law, also a hardcore India fan, um, absolutely no words what to say. But yeah, it, it's been a fantastic, uh, fantastic Sunday for sure.
0: Um, I'll throw out a little teaser here actually for, for people who are listening. If you get in the Cricket Slack channel, we have an angle, uh, yes, uh, like a bit like the, the boys were, were riding the NBA. Um, I think they were right, riding the first half unders in preseason on the NFL, we had a little unders. The little under's run on the on yeah, NBA. so basketball. we've got a trend that was it yeah. yeah um yeah we've got we've got a cricket trend uh, which we've been following it's been hot uh, but I am not going to say it out loud I'm going to make you get into the cricket slack channel uh, and over there you'll be able to pick up all, all the information um on our on our cricket trend for the world cup um which is being held over in the UAE in Dubai and Abu Dhabi and such places yeah. um So, yeah, there's money to be made uh, if if you've got room for another bat and ball sport in your life. uh, There's money to be made on the Cricket World Cup. Just get into the uh, Slack channel. Um, Right, okay, Moonaf, we'll do it, let's get to baseball. Um, When we last spoke, when we last left the people, um, we had a couple of deciding games, some elimination games coming up. Uh, We'd start with Houston and Boston, Mm -hmm. uh, the games that were close to your heart. And um, Houston completed the 4 2 series win, Munas, and they did it fairly comfortably, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, and I'm not going to sit here and be biased. I- I'll tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you, Malcolm, you didn't know when we were making the picks for this, uh, American League, uh, championship series that, uh, we picked both the Houston Astros to win by minus one and a half in the series price. We did. And, you know, unbiasedly, the Texans, sorry, the Texans, the, um, the Astros were clearly the better team. If we look at it uh, from starting pitching wise, from even without Lance McCullers, they were better. Uh, even without um, you know Justin Veller and that wasn't here all season. This batting lineup for the Astros, Malcolm, one to seven. We've talked about this. It's it's murderer's row, man. It is so difficult when you have Yuli Gurriel, who's the American League batting champion, batting seventh in your lineup seven, that just needs to tell you everything that you need to know. But I think we also have to kind of have to give credit to Luis Garcia for the way he pitched in game six. He got off to a very bad start. I think in the previous game uh, when he pitched, I think it was like game two or game three for the uh, Astros. um, He came in and and did an outstanding job in, in five. And I think he almost went six innings or five and two thirds only allowed one hit one walk, but he was absolutely outstanding. The bats went absolutely cold for the Red Sox after the Grand Slam um, fiasco between games two and three. You know, if you're going to beat this Astros team, you've got to score runs and they weren't able to do that. But again, tip of the hat to the Astros, definitely the better team. Um, uh, but yeah, again, excited that hometown, the hometown team is going to be in the World Series here, so it should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, you're right, Munaf. Um, yeah, a couple of picks from our um, preview podcast of this series came to the two main picks. Um, which as you pointed out was the Houston minus 1.5, and then I gave out the Houston run line, uh, on every game because it's something we followed all season. We so thought if they're going to win, uh, they normally win by a few, and I think after three games, we then came back on and I decided to pivot off it. Um, yeah, and then obviously Houston then cashed it three times in a row. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of right, uh, and then talked myself out of it. I lost my nerve, moon we should yeah. have. trust the process. Had I trusted the process, sure. I have three wins in a, in a row there. You're right about Luis Garcia. Um, he really came up clutch, I'll be honest with you. Um, it was a bit of a performance like he hasn't put up all season. I've got some stats on it. Um, his velocity somehow was way up. He threw one 97 mile an hour pitch all season. Um, on Friday, he threw eight. So, I mean, he was, uh, he was jacked up on something. Um, <laughs> he, threw, he threw 20 cutters Zero of them ended up as balls in play. The Red Sox swung and missed on twelve of those. Yeah. Um, So that was only surpassed once all season. Corbin Burns had a start this season. Who's been one of the best pitchers in the game. He had more swings and misses on the cutter once uh, than Lewis Garcia had um, in that game. So all of a sudden, um, Lewis Garcia just found it. Um, So after a couple of dodgy postseason starts, and there was rumors of a knee injury and stuff. uh, they, he, he stepped up really well. So there, there was a couple of things that, that stood out. Just the, the Boston offense ran out of steam, Moon, after three, yeah. three runs um, in the final three games. Now you said, Houston's offense is murderers. So Boston's offense is capable of that. We've seen them sure. do it. Uh, they mm-hmm. did it against the White Sox a few times. Um, but they never quite have the consistency, do they? They did this. I mean, you saw the second half of the season yeah. where they would go on runs of just not putting it together.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that you know, if we kind of go back to the MLB trade deadline, ever since then, that's when really the uh, Red Sox started to fall apart, right? They lost the lead in the um, in the, in the uh, American League East. That's when the race kind of took over the division series, or sorry, the division race there. But yeah, we talked about it throughout the second half of the season that the bats really went cold for the uh, for the use sorry for the Houston Astros, the Boston Red Sox, and um, you know I think they kind of tried to do their best to get another bat in that lineup. And it's not like that it it was completely miserable. It just went cold at the wrong time. You know, I feel like they just used up all their juice in games two and three, getting those grand slams and, and winning those games. But at the end of the day, there were only two wins. You have to win four games in series for you to advance to the next round. And they weren't able to do that. I think the last two games was where, you know, they weren't, like you said, they weren't able to score any runs. And again, to beat this Astros team, you're not going to be able to keep the bats of the Houston Astros, especially like we talked about how great their lineup is. You have to score runs to beat this team, and they weren't able to do that. So, um, you know, I, I will say this that yeah, I think the future is very bright for the Red Sox. I think that the pitching, if Chris Sale is the type of pitcher that we saw um, in game, I uh, believe was it, game five, yeah, and if he returns to form and be the ace. You know, Nick Pavetta had a great postseason. Tanner Houck, a guy that we've talked about, Malcolm. Yeah, I think this 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 uh rotation is going to be in, in in great shape again. Nathan Evaldi. So I think that if they add a couple more bats, to this Boston lineup they're going to be great. But again, like we talked about, this Houston team is just too too good, uh, especially on the offensive side to beat. Um, You know, they're not going to lay down very easily.
0: Boston had a chance to come out with a, those first four games, three one up, yeah. and that's really when they needed to. Uh, when they needed to press the button um mm. the first the, the four pitchers uh Valdez, garcia aquedi Grenke, none of them made it out made out with the first three innings in That's those four games it. And really um houston did well to get away with that 2-2 uh, at that point um they sort of turned the screw a little bit uh, and put boston to bed uh winning in six games also gives astros a crucial extra day of rest they don't have a uh, a deep pitching core um yeah. They don't really have four starters, um, but the extra days rest means uh, means they should be in better shape um, to get those three starters that they do have uh, rolled out early in the series. Yeah. Um, so next up then, Moonaf Atlanta, uh, they completed a four-two um, underdog series win against the LA Dodgers, mm-hmm. um, and it was uh, Eddie Rosario again. Uh, Moonaf, he was he's, he's really stepped up.
1: Yeah, I mean, wow. I think I saw he was like 18 of 38 in this series or it's in the entire postseason so far for the Atlanta Braves. He's batting 474, 11 RBIs, an on base percentage of 524. Yeah, in 18 hits. The next closest guy that uh, is second in hits is Ozzy Albies, 11 hits. So, you know, in <laughs> matter, yeah. And rightfully so, Rosario uh, won the MVP for the National League uh, Championship Series. I mean, his OPS, Malcolm, 1.313. The next guy was Freddie Freeman at 1.072. So I think that, number one, we have to give a lot of credit to the front office of the uh, Atlanta Braves. We've talked about this, that once Ronald Acuna Jr. went down, they didn't say that, hey, our season is over. No, let's go out and get some bats because this lineup and this team is fully capable of winning even without their best pitcher, Mike Soroka, right? And I think that for them to add Rosario, Jorge Soler, uh, I believe they went back and got, um, there was another guy that they, Adam Duvall, I think they um, picked up also. Jock Peterson, another guy, talked about Jocktober, Clutch hits. I mean, this team up and down. When we talk about it, it, takes an entire team to win and everybody contribute. I think Atlanta Braves are that team that really got it done over the Dodgers. And again, as much as we've talked about how great that one through four is for the Dodgers, um, either that their bats were cold or the pitching just did an outstanding job for uh, for the Braves containing those bats and not letting what happened last year transpire this year. So, again, congratulations to Atlanta Braves um, it's gonna be a great world series, I think. Uh Malcolm.
0: Yeah, it takes a village to raise a child, Moon Yeah, um, Atlanta deserved that really. I mean, before we, we previewed that that game, and we we brought up the simple fact that Atlanta had out hit them in every game of that series. Um, yeah. and they kept rolling out the Dodgers as favorites, just like they'd rolled the Dodgers out as favorites pretty much all season, uh, to catch the Giants and um and the Dodgers never really got it going. Chris Taylor stayed hot throughout. Um the pitching was okay, but that was it. Um they did kind of continuously go down with injuries. Um it was the the relief pitcher went out injured. So it was it Kelly? Is it Jerry Kelly? Joe, Joe Kelly. Ke- for, yeah, Joe or, Kelly, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um and I don't even think they had a they had a seventh game starter had they needed one. Scherzer had, had arm fatigue, uh, so Bueller had to go on short rest. Yeah. Um so yeah, they were they were patched up uh, the Dodgers and Atlanta took full advantage of it. Um, Tyler Matzek was the man last night. Um, yeah. Struck out the side um, in the seventh inning. I think there was no outs mm-hmm. with runners in second and third, yeah. uh, and he struck out three batters. Tyler Matzek. He's been a great, see- uh, great story this postseason. They get the Braves over the line, yeah, and fully deserved. Um, we kept taking the Braves basically at the prices. It was one of those where. Because there was so little between the teams, and Atlanta had the momentum, and like I say, they kept um, out hitting the out hitting the Dodgers, uh, and they were plus money every game. Uh, there was one game in the middle where there was statistical favorites. I actually think they lost that game, uh, yeah. but the rest of the time they were plus money, uh, and, and they were great value. And we kept riding that. We kept riding the unders. Uh, that went another under. The game finished four to two. So mm. um, yeah, I think we read that. We read that pretty well, Moon. So hopefully we can get a good read. Um, on these two teams um as we start having a look at the World Series. If you've got to read or if you've got to take some of the um some of the advice that myself and Munaf and our special guests uh who will be joining us shortly, are going to give you, get across to Winbet, uh, where you can win money and boost your odds. Um Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards at your fingertips, all your favourite teams, players and sports. Some brand new bonuses, Moonaf. New users can bet $1 and win 100 on any sport. You can get up to 1500 bucks as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. And whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. So if you bet $100, you will get a $200 free bet. Unbelievably good. Promos, odds and payouts happening right now at WinBet. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Okay then, Moonath. So it's World Series time. Uh, give us a little, uh, a little road to the World Series. How did... Um, how did both teams get through this grind of 162 games and the poor season, and they've made it to the Fall Classic?
1: Yeah, we've got two division winners uh, here in the World Series. Let's start with the uh, Astros, who, Malcolm, we cashed a huge ticket on them to win the World, oh, sorry, the World Series. Yeah, American League West. Uh, where they pretty much led it throughout the season. I think that they, I mean, there is a point where I think the Oakland A's got within... I want to say a couple games, but I don't think that even faced the Astros because we were talking about them all season long. Uh, we were really looking at their um, their strength of schedule and how easy it was for them compared to their other teams in their division. But long story short, you know they got the job done in the American League West. They took on the Chicago White Sox in the divisional round. Um, they beat them three games to one. Again, remember the divisional series is a five five best of five, so they got it done in uh, four games there. And then they took on the uh, Boston Red Sox in the American League Conference Series. Um, they were trailing in the series two to one, like we talked about, right? They lost two games, two and three, uh, with the whole Grand Slam um, fiasco with the Boston Red Sox. Um, you know, those were exciting times, but at the end, you know, I think the better team did prevail here. Uh, as they beat the Red Sox uh in six games on their home field. The Astros did in miname Park uh by four games to two, headed to their, I believe, fifth World Series or their third World Series in about five years, I think. So uh again, you know, this is a great team over there here in Houston with the you know, with the batting we've talked about all season long. Going off to the National League side, the Braves. I think this is probably the more interesting story, um, you know, if you haven't followed baseball all season long. Again, the Braves were 44 and four, 44 and 45 at one point uh, in the season after 89 games, you can say, one game below 500. And I believe on August 1st, I read that you could have got the Atlanta Braves to win the National League at 30 to 1. So I'm sure if there were, you know, maybe there's a few tickets out there that people actually got down on this at 30-1, to 1 and then, you know, they're feeling good about themselves over this weekend. But uh, for the Braves, I think the story we've talked about is uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. going down with a torn ACL. They didn't have Mike Soroka, their best pitcher. Also, so again, that we've talked about, give a lot of credit to the front office of the um, Atlanta Braves for going out and getting these bats to kind of replace Ronald Acuna Jr. We talked about the NLE's division all season long where nobody really wanted to win it. It was really between the Mets, the Braves, and the um, Phillies. and the uh, Yeah, those three teams. Again, the Braves were the ones that won this division the pre, uh, the second to last week over uh, the Phillies, where they uh, had that crucial series we talked about. They took, I think, all three games. Um, and long story short, the Braves beat the Milwaukee Brewers in the divisional round, and then they took care of business against the defending champs of Los Angeles Dodgers to be – Back in the World Series to take on the Houston Astros, which will kick off on Tuesday night in Houston. Um, again, I'm excited for this. I think all baseball fans are excited for this. Malcolm's excited for this. So this is going to be a lot of fun, Malcolm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I hope there's a couple of uh, UK-friendly uh, start times where I'm going to be a very sleepy boy for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> um, for, from a betting point of view, you're right about Houston. We were we were on them all season. Even um, sort of getting into June uh, Houston and, and Oakland was still a pick-em, really. Um, even though, uh, we, see, we saw models where Houston were around about 60% or bigger uh, to take the division. Sure, But you could still, I think we, I mean, at one point, we, 130, plus 130 uh, was our best pick-up, but they were plus 115, they were plus 120. Yeah. Uh, they were hovering around that for a long, 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 long time uh, until eventually, sort of in the space of a couple of weeks, Oakland dropped away um, Atlanta kind of went the other way because it was the Mets that were sort of minus, minus 200, minus 250 at points, um, mm. without playing well. But there was a, it was a little bit like the Dodgers chasing down the Giants, people were just expecting the Mets to kick on and go away. Uh, going into September, I know you picked up tickets on Atlanta at around about four to one, maybe three to one, four to one to win the division and yeah. Philly. Um, And Philly couldn't get it done. The Mets fell off a cliff and uh, Atlanta were there to pick up the pieces um, to qualify for the playoffs with the worst record of all the teams that did. But um, they only have to beat what was in front of them, which they did. So, um, yeah, it's been two very different roads, really. Um, However, because it's baseball, though, you kind of, again, are you handicapping this series? Are you making picks on the strength of the entire season or on the strength of the last Two weeks, or on the strength of the last four weeks, or on the strength of the last six weeks, yeah. um, because because they're different things uh, and at different times of the season, um, you'd, you'd get different odds and different different teams are going to turn out. Um, the Acuna thing, um, Atlanta have done so well to handle because that would have been easy for for a mm. team to, for, to to write themselves off. I mean, you saw um, Los Angeles using Mike Trout and not being competitive at all. Uh, yeah. Otani did bits for them, but. Uh, Los Angeles never competed the Angels in that division. Uh, the Braves didn't allow that to happen. They made some moves and they put themselves bang in contention. Um, so that brings us moving enough to the World Series betting. So the, these are the outrights, uh, sort to win yeah. the World Series. We've got Houston at minus 130. We've got Atlanta at plus 120. Now the win odds um, that we rely on the most... Um, the Site we like to use a lot, which I'm sure everybody uses fan graphs. Uh, I've got Houston at 57.7% with Atlanta at 42.3%, um, which makes the odds around about right. Uh mm-hmm. obviously the odds makers, the bookmakers are daft. Uh they will have priced it up appropriately. Um, so minus 130 there, plus 120 for Atlanta. Um, we thought we would have um and we're gonna make picks at the end of the show, but we just do some little uh Comparisons uh, between the two teams, yeah. and um, I start off with the batting. Moon, I'll go through the bat, and then we'll, we can yeah. pass over to you. Yeah. Um, so this is where Houston have the biggest advantage um, statistically over the course of this season. Um, we've used WAR uh, wins above replacement. We've used that metric a lot when we've been handicapping this season. And Houston's batting comes in first in WAR, thirty three point nine. Atlanta are down in eleventh um, batting average. Houston first. Uh, 265, Atlanta 12th, 244. OBP, Houston first, Atlanta 12th. You start to see a pattern emerging. It's a similar story all around. And a lot of these batting um, statistics, Houston have got the best offense in MLB, and Atlanta are around about one third of the way down. Um, so that is the, the biggest advantage. In terms of pitching, um, nothing between them really. Uh, Houston sitting in ninth, Atlanta in 12th. Um, the ERAs are, you couldn't put a cigarette paper between them, Houston 7th, Atlanta 8th. And the relief pitching, Houston 13th, Atlanta 14th. So all these categories are fairly similar. And I think actually, if you looked at the names in the starting pitching, um, like we said, they haven't really got a fourth pitcher. Um, Houston can go Valdez, Garcia, Keady, and then maybe in brackets, Grenke, uh, where the Braves will go Freed, Anderson, and Charlie Morton. Um, so statistically nothing between them, and if you wanted to put up those names and the eye test and what you thought about, the, about those two um, three-man rotations, um, nothing between them, e- uh, between them either Moonaf. so um, how, how would you differentiate um, between these two um, starting rotations?
2: Yeah, I think
1: that you know batting we don't really need to get in depth because we've talked about how great the Astros bats are right. One through seven, even one through eight, you can say, you know, we haven't seen a great of a hitting team in, I don't know how long, but I mean, this, this is, it's very difficult to get past this, um, or at least contain these bats because eventually, you know, that they're going to get hot and we saw that. So, um, I think the pitching is a more interesting conversation, Malcolm. And I think that yeah. You know, I, I think these have been some of the discussions that I've been having with, you know, friends and family about who has the better starting pitching. And I think one thing to keep an eye on is going to be the status of Lance McCullers. And, I, and I'm pretty confident that he's probably not going to be pitching in this World Series. Uh, so I think that's a crucial blow for the, um, for the uh, Houston Astros. Now, we talk about the other names like you we just went through, right? Frember Valdez, who's going to be the game one starter. Luis Garcia, Jose Arcady, Zach Grinke, I personally think that he should not even be on the championship (laughs) World Series roster. And it's not a slight against the guy. I mean, he's had a great career, but he's not right now. Obviously, he's not worth the money that they're paying him, right? And, you know, he had a one start in the, I think it was game four or whatever the case might be. And I think that the bats got the bats, the Astros bats, got, sorry, the Red Sox bats, bat got to him. So I think the conversation then becomes: if you were picking a side right, right now, Malcolm, I want to ask you: would you rather have Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, Jose Arcady, or would you go with three guys of the Atlanta Braves of Charlie Morton, Max Freed, and Ian Anderson?
0: It's a really, really tricky question, Moon. I thought it's virtually impossible to answer um, for a couple of reasons. Firstly. All, even in the last two starts for those Houston pitchers, we've seen um, the Jekyll and Hyde nature of it. Uh, yeah. We mentioned that um, neither any of those pitchers got out of the third inning in the yeah. first four games of that Red Sox series. Um, however, in games five and six, uh, Valdez and Garcia come back and pitch absolutely brilliantly. And we've already mentioned the stats of Garcia Having really a career day in that last game. Now, is is he going to repeat that? Is that replicable? I mean, where did that come from? Um, he might just be uh he might be Randy or uh playoff clutch. He might just, you know, he might be a new man in the playoffs. Who, who knows? Yeah. Um the and the same you're gonna apply to the Braves. I like Max Fried. We've talked about him a lot on this show. Um, he didn't actually have the best of starts last time, although in the second half of the season. Uh he has relentlessly improved. Um, I really like Charlie Morton. I mean, the bloke is virtually a robot. Uh, you know what you're going to get from him. And Ian Anderson has got some first inning issues, um, whether or not they're psychological or it's uh, it, it's it's something along those lines. I don't yeah. know. But those three have combined for a 3.27 ERA in the playoffs, um, which is perfectly serviceable. Um yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, you can't choose because you don't know, um, you don't know uh, wh- wh- what which one's going to turn up. Especially, I, w- I would say maybe the Braves are, are more consistent, uh, and we've we've seen that we've seen both sides of, of that Houston uh, pitching. Um, they even some of those games against the White Sox, they gave up quite a, quite a few runs. So yeah, that's a tricky question, Bruno. I would lean to the Braves. But I would lean to the Braves only because I feel they're slightly more underrated. Um, and we kept seeing bigger prices plus numbers on the Braves in that Dodgers series, and I think this is going to follow the same pattern. Um, I think Freed and Anderson and even Charlie Morton was a dog against whoever it was he he pitched against. The they're going to be plus numbers in just about every game again, uh, and at plus numbers, I prefer the Braves pitching.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I'll be honest. I think the Braves have the starting pitching edge here. And if McCullers was, you know, pitching for the Astros, I think this would be a different conversation. But from right now, what we know he's not. Um, yeah, I think these the between Morton, uh, Max Freed, and Ian Anderson, I think that they've had a fantastic postseason uh, display so far. Like you talked about, what, 3.27 ERA between those three guys. Um, if we kind of want to start getting into the specifics of the series, I think the key thing for the, for the Braves pitching is going to be, like you said, that Ian Anderson has gotten into some trouble in the first couple of innings is again, if these three pitchers can settle in between the first, second and third inning and kind of limit the damage, I think that's going to give them a great chance to win some games here and, and possibly win the world series for the Atlanta Braves, because Number one, I think that's one thing for their pitching side, but I think for their batting side, we've talked about how Luis Garcia, Jose Arcady, Framber Valdez, at least two of those three guys between Garcia and Arcady have gotten in trouble early. If the Braves want to, you know, it sounds kind of redundant, but it, it, it makes a lot of sense to me, is that if the Braves bats are able to get to them early, um, those two guys in particular maybe get out to a 2 nothing, possibly a 3-1 three, lead I think they're gonna be good that in good shape at that point because they have a great bullpen also. We talked about the names earlier in the show. Um, I, I think that's one thing I'm gonna be looking at is which again we talked about this in the Red Sox and the Astros series is that which pitcher is gonna gonna settle in early for the for, for the Braves and the Astros, and whichever pitcher is able to do that is gonna give the best chance for them to win that particular game and possibly, you know, pile up those wins to win the World Series. So that's what I'm kind of looking at. But to kind of go back to the pitching, I do I do believe I want to give the pitching edge to the to the, to the Atlanta Braves, because number one, let's also kind of look at the batting side of it is, do you think that the Braves, the, the, the pitchers that the Braves have faced between the Brewers and the Dodgers have been far superior of what the Astros have faced,
0: right? And Absolutely. I, yeah. Right? That, that's, a, that's a great point. Uh, the White Sox were a little bit beat up, um, and you say the Braves have gone through that Brewers rotation, that one, two, three is probably the strongest in baseball. And if it's yeah. not, then it's only behind the Dodgers uh, who they've then gone and beaten. And like I say, repeatedly out hit. Uh, they've been picking up double figure hits uh, in a lot of these games. So yeah, they've shown they can do it uh, against this top pitcher. Um, the bullpens really don't make much of a difference. Neither side had an outstanding bullpen. They were both pretty much mid tier. Yeah. Um, Houston have probably the best reliever in there in Presley. Yeah. Um, however, I think you can get maybe a lopsided um look to these bullpen stats because they're only going to use the best guys, right? They'll not be getting down to the fifth or sixth reliever mm. very often. Um, Atlanta have some underwhelming relievers, uh, the likes of Brad Jackson and so, but they're not going to be used unless they're winning 10-1 or something like that. Uh, so pretty much it's gonna be it's gonna be your top guys. Um, in that case, then the bullpen edge is negligible, so you can pretty much write that off. If you want to go down, if you want, if you want to go down, sorry, go, just going down the bat sort of like for like, um, Freddie Freeman, Yuli Guriel, nothing between them. Um, Ozzy uh Jose Altuve, again to shrug off the shoulders. Um, Carlos Correa, maybe slightly better than Dansby Swanson. Um, you could probably yeah. say the same about Alex Bregman. But yeah. then um, Austin Riley is hot. Uh, mm-hmm. Eddie Rosario is hot. Uh, going up against Michael Brantley. I mean, it's so difficult um, to... Uh, I think we've got the the right two teams in here, uh, but it's a really good matchup. It's a, it's an extremely competitive matchup, Muna.
1: Yeah. I, I just quickly want to mention, Malcolm, if we kind of go back, sorry, to the pitching of the Astros, Yeah. I think one name to keep in mind for sure is going to be how... Dusty Baker utilizes Christian Javier. And I think that's one yeah. name that we probably want to keep an eye on. Whether if he I think that he should probably have gotten a start in one of this series, but if he's going to use him in relief, I think that he's he's really gonna to have to be smart about how he utilizes because we talked about how much the offense, uh sorry, the, the the pitching of the Astros has kind of been lacking because now without Lance McCullers. Uh, somebody else is gonna have to step up. I think Christian Javier can fill that role very nicely for the uh Houston Astros, and again, like you mentioned, I think um Ryan Presley, without a doubt for the Astros is their best relief pitcher, um, uh, by a mile. Um, to the point that you were uh talking about, um, yeah, we talk about the Braves, right? And I think that we kind of go by position by position. I think that one thing that we also have to keep in mind. Is that they are going to get a gain another bat at that DH position when they're in this World Series? Um, so whether that's going to be Jorge Soler um, being in the lineup now or another additional bat, I think that's you know only going to help obviously the Braves lineup. But um, I mean, you know, as great as we talked about the names that are in this Astros lineup, the Jose Altuves, the Michael Brantley's um, Correa, Bregman, Jordan Alvarez. Um, let's not let's give a lot of credit to the Braves also right we've talked about guys like uh Eddie Rosario but again you know they still have Freddie Freeman in his lineup right they have Ozzie Albies who's yeah. having a great um great postseason for them and i think that for one thing that we talked about Malcolm and we talked about the Dodgers in the brave series is that the Braves were still striking out a lot so i think if they're going to show more plate discipline and be more patient at the plate that's only going to help this team uh in this world series so i think that's where you know some of the kind of the key things that I'm kind of looking at in this series when we, we talk about, you know, what what edge or what keys are for both the Astros and, and the Atlanta Braves. So that's I think that's where I'm kind of standing here.
0: Um, you mentioned Dusty Baker Moonaf. Now, this is something uh, I'm going to have to bow down to your great knowledge on. Uh, in terms of experience uh, for these two teams uh, on the field and off the field in the dugout, uh, which seems better equipped to... Uh, to deal with the World Series,
1: yeah, I think it's probably going to be Dusty Baker, just because the overall experience that he has being in this league for so long. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know much about the um Brian Snicker of the Atlanta Braves manager, but when we talk about Dusty Baker, I mean he's been on several different teams in this uh throughout his career. Right, he was with the Cubs. He was with. Now the Astros, I believe he was with uh, the Reds. Uh, I want to say he was also with the Giants. Uh, So, you know, when we talk about experience, I think that that edge probably goes to, um, for sure goes to Dusty Baker in this World Series. But again, I think it's going to be the key for me is which which manager does not overmanage a team. Because last year, I think a prime example was when Kevin Cash pulled Blake Snell out of the game when he was absolutely... Doing well, and for whatever reason, he pulled them out, and that pretty much may have cost him that game and ultimately the World Series. So, um, to answer your question, experience-wise, definitely Dusty Baker for me, but also we'll got to keep an eye on which manager does not overmanage their team, if that makes
0: sense. If you did manage to pick up any fancy-priced uh, tickets on the Atlanta Braves, um, it might be worth having a look at Prop Swap, uh, get across there to America's Marketplace to buy and sell uh, your sports bets. Um, the MLB playoffs are in full swing and PropSwap is your home for the best World Series futures. All season long, Prop swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. So your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Get started today by going to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Okay, Munaf. Um, so that's the entire series um, dealt with. Like I say, we're going to uh, make some uh, picks later on. Uh, once we've spoken to our guests, maybe they can shed some more light and sway us one way or the other. Um We've got um, some Game 1 stuff, though, Moon. After yeah. just we, we'll, we'll get into this briefly before we speak to our first guest. And um, the starting pitches for Game 1 have been announced probably about three hours ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some rudimentary lines. So do you want to take us through them? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so Game 1, we have Charlie Morton going for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, And the Astros announced that it will be uh, Framber Valdez. Yes. Uh, Currently, line I'm seeing is Braves plus one ten with the Astros coming back as favorite minus one thirty. I do not know why I didn't write the total down. I'm seeing a total Mm -hmm. of I don't see one posted yet. But um, let me see. Let me check another book here real quick. Um, For some reason, DraftKings doesn't have a total up. Uh, I see a eight on uh, another book here currently. So. Um, you know, if we kind of get into um, these pitchers, what they've done is postseason. And I won't go by game log. I'll just kind of wrap it up, um, what they've done in their three starts. So, uh, Charlie Morton for the Braves, he's had three postseason starts, 14 and one third inning pitched. He's allowed 10 hits, six earned runs total, and that's been two earned runs in every, sing- in every uh, start. So, he's given up two uh, over the three postseason starts, 19 strikeouts, eight walks. And then Framber Valdez, uh, three pro season starts, 15 innings pitched. He's allowed 16 hits, seven earned runs, 13 uh, strikeouts, and five walks. So, um, you know, Valdez last start he had it against the Red Sox, where it's an absolutely fantastic one. Uh, but prior to those, uh, out of those, uh, the two out of three starts were not great. I believe he has an ERA of 4.2 in this postseason so far. So I think Tip uh Tip of the cap to what Charlie Morton has been doing this postseason. Not only that, throughout his career, he's familiar with this uh, Astros team, like we talked about in 2017 when they won it. Um, he was a key contributor for the um, for the uh, Houston Astros during uh, during that run in the playoffs. I believe he pitched that uh, closing game where they won the World Series for the Astros. So definitely um, has the experience of the postseason we've talked about. Um, you know, for Amber Valdez kind of going back to his last start was absolutely fantastic. So. Um, yeah, that's where we are with uh, game one here, uh,
0: Malcolm. I mean, isn't this exactly what we've talked about? If you put these lines and these numbers up um, and redacted the pitchers' names, um, Morton, all right, small sample size, but perfectly good numbers, better numbers than is direct opposition. Um, Slightly uh, one run fewer, uh, more strikeouts, um, mm-hmm. Fewer hits, ten hits to sixteen, uh, and then you put a line next to them. In the and that picture is plus one ten, and, and the picture with the marginally weaker line is minus one thirty, which is the exact mo that the Braves have, uh, have have had to deal with and overcome all the postseason so far. Um, it's just exactly the same, exactly the same thing. So yeah, um, it's uh, it's something I'm leaning towards. Might be a hint uh, towards where I'm going to I'm going to start. Uh, making a couple of picks later on. So uh yeah, yeah that that, that yeah,
1: mentioned that I'm sorry. Uh you know we coming when we have uh, when we had Dave on uh in our previous couple of shows he said that there's always a tax that you're going to pay with certain teams, right? We yeah. talk about the Dodgers, we talk about the Red Sox, the Yankees. I probably think the Astros are entering that conversation, but I think I think last series between the 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 uh, Dodgers and the Braves when statistically, when we looked at it, and I think you were the you were the one that caught this on that they were out hitting the Dodgers, but they were sort of a yeah. plus price every single game, and that's yeah. because the dot you were getting that tax on the Dodgers, right? Because it's the Dodger name and it's a public team. So, um, again, I-, I think that's where this is coming in again. And again, if we 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 took we we took the names away of these teams, and we like you just said, if we just stacked re- stack those resumes right there about what they've done in the postseason, I'm pretty sure that you would make Morton the favorite um, in this game. But again, I don't think home field advantage is a thing anymore, especially in, in baseball. Uh, I don't think it's that much in football here anymore either. But again, I think I'm, I agree with you that, you know, Morton should probably be closer to even money than at plus odds right now of what we're seeing for game one.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree with you, Moonaf. Uh we'll 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 take a bit of a deeper dive, maybe look at some player props uh and things in a little while. Uh, but we do need to get to our guests as well. Uh, plenty of opinions still to come. Um, with all this sport on what seven major sports I think uh will be forcing into watching. Um I wouldn't blame you if you were having a bit of trouble uh keeping your hair. Uh me and Moonaf are the exception on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh two more beautiful heads of hair you will struggle to find. Um, however, if you aren't as lucky as Megan Moon off, um, Keeps offers a simple stress-free way to keep your hair. Uh, there's convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. Low-cost treatments start at just $10 a month. Uh, they do have generic versions. There's discrete packaging, proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is the key. You can take four to six months. So get involved early. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash SGP to get your first month free. Kips.com slash SGP. So just before we get to our first guest, uh, we promised promised you three or four uh, special guests coming on. Uh, just reminded, uh, hang on to the end of the podcast where we'll be uh, giving further details of the uh, DraftKings free roll that we're going to run. The World Series DraftKings free roll here on the MLB Gambling Podcast. $200 uh, to the winner. Uh, so hang on at the end and we'll give you all the deets of how to get involved in that. Um, but joining us now, um, I think making his hat-trick appearance... Uh, Third appearance of the season is Scott Reichel, uh, our very own of this parish, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, does bits of every sport uh, and is a baseball connoisseur. Scott, um, nice of you to join us. It's a bit of an early morning for you. How are you doing?
3: Doing pretty well. Looking forward to the start of the World Series. Been a pretty solid time for sports in general. Of course, you got the football going on, college football, hockey, basketball, and you got the World Series coming up. Definitely a good time for sports fans.
0: Don't forget the cricket uh, World Cup, Scott. We've already discussed that a little bit on here. Uh, we're taking we're taking all the bat and ball sports on. Um, right, this is going to be all you then the next ten minutes. Uh, me and Moonaf have, have given our opinions on various things, uh, but we want your thoughts. Um, a couple of things then. Give us first, Scott. Um, just a little bit on how you thought the uh, the two championship series went. Did they go as you'd expected? Did you have any success um, following any any lines, any trends, any teams, players, etc. Well, for the most part in the
3: ALCS, it went the way that I thought it would. I thought the Astros would win in either six or seven games. I was betting a lot of overs in that series, which worked out well before the final game of the series because both lineups looked solid. But the issue came up with Boston's bullpen, and that didn't really surprise me because that was definitely a concern that I'm sure Munaf had as the season went on. But it ended up really hurting them, especially that Seven inning, ninth uh, seven run, ninth inning there in uh, I forgot which game that was. I want to say that was game. What was that game four? I think.
1: Yeah, it was uh, so two, Yeah, it was game four, yeah.
3: So once that happened, I feel like all of the momentum just went to Houston, and it seemed like Boston kind of rolled over after that, both offensively and from the pitching staff perspective. So that didn't really surprise me. I thought Houston was a better team. I thought they were going to win the series. I thought it might go six or seven, and it did. As for the NLCS, that surprised me a bit more, but that was mostly because I just figured Atlanta would eventually just run out of gas because they didn't have, I'd say, enough talent to overcome Los Angeles' talent, but I am curious how much actual strain the Dodgers put on themselves in the regular season, winning 106-plus games, having to go to the wild-card game, and then having a five-game war against the Giants. I It does seem like the Dodgers were just running on fumes at the end, not to mention the Turner injury as well that ended up happening and the pitching staff as a whole being really just gassed. There's really no other way to put it. I mean, you're looking at a situation where – Scherzer and Bueller were constantly being used in short rest. They occasionally came out of the bullpen. Urias, same story. He came out of the bullpen once or twice in the series and then started about three days later. So I was a bit surprised they didn't try to use David Price a bit more, at least to try to rest the other starters, because I figured at some point you had to at least let these guys breathe a little bit, but they just didn't bother and the Braves did enough. Now, that was the surprising part. I thought the Dodgers would win the series. I thought it was going to be closer than people thought. I thought it would also go around six or seven. And, well, it ended up going six, but the other team won. So I guess I'll give myself half credit for that. But as a whole, entertaining two series, I thought they were solid, just baseball content. And, yeah, now I got the Astros against the Braves, and I'm rooting for the Braves. But we'll get into my thoughts on the actual series in about a minute or two
0: yeah we we've, we've already mentioned that the the Dodgers just didn't seem to get beat up. Uh we were expecting a David Price game, we called one. Uh but we didn't get one. There was there was bullpen days, there was Corey Knable, um there was Joe Kelly, but yeah, they just but uh, they had no alternative but to pitch Walker Bueller in that in uh, what ended up being the the final game of the series. They they just ran out of alternatives. Um so yeah, you're probably right about them being gassed. And I never even thought about the effects of such a long, hard season because the Giants worked them incredibly hard uh, all the way down to the wire. So that's a, that's a really valid point you made, Scott.
3: Well, the Braves, um, the Braves had to try as well, too, because they didn't wrap up the division until about a couple of days before. But the point is the Dodgers had to play all the way through the 162 because the Giants did not officially clinch until the final game of the season while the Braves were benefiting from, let's just call it what it is, arguably the worst division in all of baseball besides yes. them or the AL Central. So the point is, is that the Braves clinched with a couple of days to spare so they could rest some guys accordingly. The Dodgers didn't have that luxury and they had to play the extra game in the wild card game. Definitely seemed to catch up with them.
0: I think they were maybe a little bit fresher as well. They had, they had players coming back like Max Fried who hadn't played in the entire season. And some of those, what we thought, were just bits and bobs players that came in at the trade deadline who actually performed really well for Atlanta and probably brought a little freshness to them as well. Um as far as the World Series then, uh, Scott, give us a couple of keys uh, for each team. What's going to make the difference? What's going to make one of these teams win? So for me, I got three keys for each
3: team. Uh, first one, I'll go with Houston's in order, and then I'll go with Atlantis. Uh, for Houston, my first one is to keep the pressure on. One thing they had a lot of success with against Boston was A, generating quality at-bats, and B, some aggressive base running. They constantly had guys on base. They weren't afraid to steal. They weren't afraid to actually go from first to third. And I do think if they'll put extra pressure on the defense, I do wonder if nerves might get to Atlanta a little bit. The one thing that you have to keep in mind is the experience angle, which I'm sure everybody's going to hammer home because Houston's been there, done that. And Atlanta has made its first World Series since about 20-something years, give or take. So I do think that if at, if Houston keeps the pressure on, I am wondering if Atlanta's going to fold. The second thing is going to be getting decent length from the starting pitching which sounds obvious, but the issue is that Houston doesn't really have any serious aces, and their closest thing to an ace is, I guess, Valdez, who's pitching game one. You had McCullers in the first series. He's injured, so now you're throwing at a bunch of guys like Garcia, who was great in the series finale, who went over five innings, which shocked me. I didn't think that was going to happen, but you're going down the line. Granke's the main marquee name that they have, but they've barely used him because he's been awful for the last month and a half. So if they can get any length at all from their starting pitching, force the bullpen to only go about four, I do think that's huge. And I think that, conversely, if the Braves get to Houston's starters early and you're going to see a heavily taxed bullpen, I do think that would give Atlanta an advantage because with Madzik and company, the Braves have a very underrated bullpen. I think that they have a good unit. But the last key is going to be simple. Defend home field because you're in minute made. You have home field advantage, and the last time you were in the World Series, I believe you lost all four games at home to the Nationals. Is, isn't that what happened? Didn't the road team win all seven games in that series? Yeah, I believe so. So just keep that in mind. I know Minute Maid is one of the bigger home field advantages because that Houston crowd is nuts, but the last time you were there, you went 0-4. You probably should try to win a couple home games there, plus just conceptually, if you win every home game, you're winning the World Series because you got home field advantage. Those are my three keys for Houston. Uh, I can get into my three for Atlanta, but I don't know if any of you want to interject on those three.
1: No, I agree. Everything about what you said, especially the uh, the pitching with the Astros, right? And we saw that last series against the Boston Red Sox, where I think that the last two games that the Astros won, you got quality pitching from your guys, right? Frember Valdez and Luis Garcia for the first three to four games those guys were getting knocked out by the second or third mm. inning max. And again, they're already thin at that uh, – at the starting uh, – ro- their starting pitcher, their rotation, because, number one, I don't anticipate Lance McCullers pitching in this series, in the World Series. Luis Garcia looked really good in the game-flinching game in game six. You're going to have to get, again, four to five to six innings out of those guys. And I'm not really sold on the bullpen either for the Astros. I mean, they have Kendall Gravian, but he cannot locate a ball to save his life sometimes. Um I think your best reliever is obviously Ryan Presley and I was telling this to Malcolm earlier was how how bake, Dusty Baker utilizes Christian Javier is is going to be very very crucial in this series because like we mentioned that with their starting pitching being thin right now I think he's going to be a very key uh a key guy in this World Series.
0: So um all that being said then Scott uh how is that going to manifest itself in the games give us your uh, predictions and world series outright
3: well i was going to go with uh my keys for the braves which yeah, yeah. Go ahead. are kind oh, of just
0: sorry i've jumped way ahead then scott oh it's all
3: good to worry about i'll get into that in a second but my keys for the braves uh first thing try to enjoy the moment you haven't been there before but if you start to press you're gonna get loose you hear that all the time in sports but the more nervous you get the worse you're gonna play embrace the underdog role embrace the fact people are just expecting Houston to win, and then maybe you'll surprise some people because I'm sure a lot of people didn't expect them to get to the World Series. So I I think they should embrace the underdog role and just let the chips fall where they may. Second thing, I think they have to win game one or game two. I think if they go down 2-0, the series is over. I just don't see them winning all three games at home, putting the pressure on. And I think that if Houston wins the first two, they're probably winning in four or five, just the way I'm looking at it. But... The third key I have is kind of a brief roast. Can you please stop using Luke Jackson in high leverage situations?
0: Please. He, Luke he- Jackson has already made an appearance on this podcast once, Scott. And I, uh, I, what my point was that the Braves bullpen had gone. Okay. Because they're using their top guys mm-hmm. all season. They haven't been that good because they're using people like Luke Jackson. Um, But, yeah, you're 100% correct. They've done okay because they haven't really gone beyond the top maybe three or four guys. But, yeah, uh, Jackson is an absolute worry and no Braves fan will want to see him come trotting out with that pen.
3: Well, the Braves have gone through the 7th, 8th, and ninth because they usually use Madzik for two innings, and they'll use Will Smith, and both of those guys have been really good. Now, Jackson, the regular season, was good. I still can't believe they brought him in before Madzik in the clinching game. I figured Magic was going to walk in through the 7th and 8th. No questions asked. You would save Jackson and then just use uh, Smith in the ninth. Instead, they wanted to make it interesting. They brought Jackson in, who didn't record an out. I don't think anyone was really shocked that he struggled. And then Magic bailed him out with those three strikeouts with the bases loaded. He was otherworldly in that game. But I I still can't believe Snitker ended up using Jackson in the first place. But that's something to keep in mind. But anyway, you asked about my actual predictions for the... World Series, I said that I'm rooting for the Braves because I'm not exactly a fan of the Astros. I kind of like new blood. I do think it's a good story for Atlanta to win without Acuna and Soroka. Having said that, Wait a I'm minute. taking
1: Houston. A but, Yankees fan's not a uh, fan of the Astros. What's going on here? What's going on with the world?
3: I know. It's kind of crazy <laughs> stuff, but it's not even for the cheating part because I, I think that even with all of that, I'm one of the rare Yankees fans that actually acknowledged Houston was just a much better team than us at the time. Yeah, but still... They've won a couple of. They've won a ring. Yankees haven't in a while. I guess it's a bit of jealousy, but either way, <laughs> uh, looking at the overall prediction here, I mentioned how I'm rooting for the Braves. I got Houston in five or six. I, I don't exactly expect this series to be ultra competitive. I think you'll see some games that are very close, some games that won't be in terms of prices. If you want to go for specific outcomes, Astros in five, I found a plus five fifty. Astros in six, I found a plus four twenty. But if you want to play it ultra safe, I think Houston minus one and a half games at plus 135 is definitely a good way to bet this series. Because Atlanta, I appreciate the story. I like what they're doing. I think Houston's just a different animal. And I know you can question the starting rotation. Is Atlanta's starting rotation very good? Because Morton's been kind of hit or miss. Freed, who was supposed to be the ace of this staff, has looked good for the most part. He got shelled in his last outing against the Dodgers. But I just think that Houston... At home with that lineup is really, really good. And Atlanta, I think, is a good offense, but I've seen them be a little bit streaky throughout this postseason because they yeah. could barely generate anything against Milwaukee. And they looked pretty good in a couple of games against the Dodgers, but there are also a couple of duds in there. So I think Houston's more consistent. I think just from top to bottom, you look at that Houston lineup, they are deep. Yeah. I mean, you're going through the likes of Altuve, who was awful and the ALCS, by the way, and yet they still have him who could heat up at any moment. is very good. Alvarez is an absolute monster. Tucker's been great all year. It's kind of, kind of ironic because both of them have, great, have solid lineups, but mm. they both have catchers who can't really hit. Because yeah. I think Darno and, and Maldonado are both kind of useless at the plate, so I do find that ironic, but I think Houston's more talented. They've been there before, and I do think Atlanta at some point is going to get punched in the mouth. And I'm not exactly confident with how they're going to respond.
1: It's interesting, um, Scott. I was telling uh, Malcolm earlier that the American league batting champion is batting number seven in the Astros lineup, which is absolutely crazy mm-hmm. to me. Usually it's either the, he's a, a, a batting title champion, usually in their first through four uh, mm-hmm. spot for any other team, but for the Astros, you know, we're, saying, we're talking about how deep this lineup is for him to be at number seven. is just kind of mind boggling for me. Malcolm, you were saying something.
0: Yeah, I think, um, Scott mentioned is it key to Atlanta, maybe playing with the handbrake off and they are playing with house money. I don't think uh, even maybe only themselves believed uh, maybe in mid-August they were even going to get to the playoffs that settle and get this far. Uh, so if they can play with the shackles off, because as a team, the, the team is inexperienced at this level, but the players aren't. And um, they've got the the likes of Freddie Freeman, they've, they've been around the block. They're not necessarily a young team in the way that Toronto were last year, and Toronto kind of shit the bed. I don't expect Atlanta to do that um, because they're not exactly young guys, although um as as a team, as a um en masse, they haven't been here together. Uh, so I think if they can take the handbrake off and play with a little bit of freedom, uh, they can give themselves a chance. Um the pictures uh, have been announced uh, for game one, million moon off. I've had a little look at them already. Um Scott if you managed to uh to to look at um game 1 yet uh, Charlie Morton and Frambo Valdez. I did. I
3: shopped around. I liked the Astros money line at -127. Nothing too exotic with the props or anything like that. Just going to keep it simple. I like use on the money line. Now I know Morton is known as being a big game pitcher. This this post season run he's been kind of vulnerable, but he's gotten by. Yeah. But I do kind of wonder How big is the book Houston has on him? Because they used to have Charlie Morton. Yeah, And I do think that they know his tendencies. They know what he's good at. And I do think that Houston, whether or not you believe in the uh, conspiracy theories by Chicago, Mm -hmm. that they potentially could be cheating at home. I do think Houston is going to get to him relatively early. I think they'll do well. And Valdez, who I like as a pitcher, struggled in this first appearance in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. He's really picked it up since. I think that he's a solid guy. And I mentioned the Braves have to win game one or two. I also picked Houston in five or six. So I'm a little bit skeptical of Atlanta's <laughs> ability to do that by winning one of the first two games. I just think with the crowd and all, I just
0: think Houston's going to open up a lead in the series. Uh, one more question, Scott, and I'm only giving you one answer here. Uh, MVP, go. Go.
3: Okay, well, I picked two for value, but I'll only give you oh. one because you only asked for one. So, I'm <laughs>
0: gonna give go. us both. Give us both. Oh, us go both. on then. As you're our first guest, Scott, uh, we'll let you have two, and then we'll uh, we'll squeeze everybody else.
3: Okay, so the first one I'm taking is Jordan Alvarez at around ten to one. I have to. I mean, yeah. There's really no way you can pick Houston to win the series and not at least give a look at Alvarez, especially at ten to one, just because of how quickly he absolutely just became scorching at the plate against Boston. He couldn't be stopped. Uh, he had, what do you have, two doubles and a triple in the clinching game? He yep. just was walking all over the base paths and they couldn't stop him. But I do think with the overall talent on this roster, you're looking at a guy who's going to put up huge stat lines. Houston tends to get a lot of guys on base and Alvarez tends to drive a lot of them in. So I think he could put up a good stat line. Yep. I like him at 10 to 1. And if you want another shot here, I'm also taking a Houston. So I don't, I'm not taking any Braves guys but I like Correa at 12-1 to 1 because in addition to the fact that he's just a very good overall player, I'm not sure if narrative plays a factor here, but Correa is known as being the leader of the team, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and I do think if he ends up making a couple great defensive plays and he ends up providing enough of a spark, I do think they might give it to the captain, so to speak, and I think 12-1 to 1 is a good price tag. Now, yeah. I know the last time Houston was in it, they ended up giving the award to Strasburg. They gave it to a pitcher, I'd be shocked if a pitcher won this award just because I don't think you're going to get enough length from yeah. these guys in any yeah. given start. So I'm not looking at the pitchers. I'm looking at the batters, but since I think Houston's going to win, I'll take Correa and I'll take Alvarez at around 10 to one or 12 to one, depending where you shop around.
0: Yeah. That's a really clear analysis. Scott loving. It. it makes perfect sense. Um, thank you very much. Uh, we will let you crack on before you go, Scott. Um, What's happening with yourself on the SGPN this week? Where can people find your work and what we're uh, looking forward to?
3: So people can find me at Rice Show Radio on Twitter. I'm still doing the fantasy rankings every single week, so keep an eye on those. In addition to that, I believe I'm going to be doing an episode with Munaf on the PropCast yeah, this
1: week. sometime so this week. Yep, yeah.
3: Looking forward to that. And yeah, also a lot of NBA stuff. So I'll be making some appearances on the NBA Gambling Podcast. Keep them
0: busy. The content train keeps on chaining, uh, sgpn.com. Um Scott, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy everything. Enjoy the baseball. Uh, hopefully we'll pick some winners. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. Okay, so carrying on with our cavalcade of guests. Uh, as promised, we move from Scott Reichel uh, to another friend of the show. Uh, this isn't a hat-trick appearance. This is appearance number two. Um, But uh, Johnny Giunta is going to join us now. Johnny uh, joined us mid-season. Um, or maybe towards the end of the season, actually approaching the playoffs. Um, last time he was on, he gave us a nice couple of winners. He gave us Houston uh, to win the American League. Uh, so we're happy to have Johnny back on and get his, uh, get his opinions on the World Series. Um, very enthusiastic man, a very funny man. He's excellent on Twitter. Uh, I'll give you that, Johnny. You're one of the best Twitter followers I've had this year. Uh, and you've got some good stories to tell us tonight, actually. Uh, so looking forward to a chat, uh, Johnny. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, and I'll just say this: I'm not. One, I'm actually one to pat
2: my own back. Astros to win the AL at plus two hundred was borderline criminal. Like I'm waiting for the FBI to knock down the door and just arrest me for theft. <laughs> like I mean, that was that was almost too easy. They they murdered the White Sox, and sorry, but they murdered the Red Sox too. I mean, that's it. Wasn't, yeah, they well. I mean, it was just it was murder. And I mean, their Jordan Alvarez is might be the best hitter I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he's he's a reincarnated Barry Bonds. It's insane.
0: Yeah, that was the other line you gave us. It was uh, was it over half a hit or one and a half? One, uh, one and half yeah, bases. bases wasn't it? Over yeah. over one and a half bases was the, was the trend. So um, the rest of the playoffs, have you had something that's been kind to you? Have you been riding any trends? And shout out my guy, TB. I will say this. One thing that's been an absolute cash cow this whole
2: playoffs is yes run first inning. I mean, holy shit. Yeah. Every every single game, there's a run in the first. It's bananas. And yeah. I'm going to ride it tomorrow at minus 105 as well. Might as well get into it. Tomorrow's going to be the nerves are going to be all in and all that kind of stuff. I love the yes run first inning. We're riding it the whole World Series, boys. We have to.
0: The one time, Johnny, I tipped that in the playoffs on one of our podcasts, um, the home run came off the sevens batter. Uh, it was the the first the first batter in the second inning. Can't remember who it was, but uh, which was so,
1: Jordan Alvarez. Wow, was oh, that who it was? Yeah, yeah. So, uh,
0: nothing, nothing after one, and then Jordan comes up uh, at four. So yeah, I managed to ruin that for everybody. But uh, so I'll try and stay stay away from that. Um, so World Series, Johnny. Um, give us just a little uh, a little overview of how you how we view each team before we get into some specifics, and particularly one guy that we're going to talk about. Well,
2: I just genuinely think, like, this is the perfectly matched World Series. I mean, obviously, Uncle Rob Manfred was trying his hardest to get Dodgers-Astros with some of the, the, the calls you saw, especially in that wildcard game, the check swing. Um, th- it, these are, like, the two most evenly matched teams, in my opinion. I mean, you got two teams with really good bullpens. You got two teams with, like, really good lineups. And the starting pitching for the Astros was struggling at the start of that Red Sox series, but they really turned it on, I believe, in game three or four, Um I forgot what game that was, but game yeah, they four. really turned it on. I mean, you got two evenly perfectly matched teams. I genuinely have no idea how the series is going to end up. The Braves have the momentum. The Astros, I'm assuming, are getting majority of the money to win the series. Is that correct? I could be wrong on that.
1: But yeah, that, that series price is starting to move up. I think it opened up right like around minus 135. I'm seeing upwards up to minus 155 now
2: wow yeah so like i said i mean it's for value wise with the braves the braves you could argue they beat the best team in baseball in that last series with the dodgers yep. yes uh kershaw was out whatever uh they had to face scherzer they had to face bueller they still had to face these good guys so with that momentum i mean i'm not going to take the braves because my buddy's a really big braves fan and he is going to verbally assault me if i take the braves to win the series <laughs> because he's going to call me a mush so i'm not going to take it but Value-wise, the Braves, in my opinion, are gonna be the play. And the Astros, yeah, they, they beat a okay Red Sox team, I guess you can say, with momentum they had, but the the Braves beat the way, way better team and they're coming in with all that momentum, man. I mean, what a series that was, huh?
0: I was absolutely outstanding, Johnny. You're right. Now, there's a lot of big name players on both sides. Um, that we've talked about with Moon up, we've talked about with Scott. Uh you, however, um, have a good story to tell us about one of the uh, the more unsung heroes uh, of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, a player that you've been, uh, I'm going to use the word, friends with, that you've been on side with for a long time. Uh, tell us about uh, Johnny Junter and Tyler Matzik. What's going on there? That's my guy,
2: man. Um, we had him on, I believe, two years ago. I remember I, I was... Actually, funny, story. I was playing Call of Duty with him yesterday, and I told him, I was like, remember we were talking about this. um, When I had him on the podcast, he was making his first appearance in big league spring training after coming back from the yips. He got three strikeouts and three hitters on ESPN against the Red Sox. Um, He was just battling for a spot on the team, man. I remember him telling me, like, I just want to make this team. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here. I just want to make this team. And now he's the, like, the best pitcher in the bullpen. He maybe had one of the best performances in postseason history coming out of the bullpen, second and third, no outs, three punchies. Are you shitting me with this? I couldn't believe it. And honestly, rarely I get at a loss of words with guys that I have on the show. I got it with Joe Musgrove's no hitter, but just a guy like that where I've seen his whole story where he started, he had the yips, he was pitching in major league baseball, throwing 88 with the yips, had no idea where it was going to where he is now, man. It's uh it's kind of surreal to see and I'm fired up for him. And uh, as you can see, I mean, the guy was trending on Twitter in Canada. I would have never thought it.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was, that was peak playoff baseball. Uh, those three punch outs. Um, I had to watch it on catch up the next morning. Cause obviously it was the middle of the night where I am. Uh, yeah. And it, it was real punch the air. Sort of grit your teeth. It was one of those. It was outstanding to watch. Loved it. Um, predictions then, uh, Johnny, first of all, I'll get predictions for the entire series. Um, I want scores. I want handicaps. Um, I want an entire overview of what's going to happen in what order and how. Go. For, well, for game one, I
2: believe the Astros are at home. The Braves haven't been in the World Series in a very, very long time. Uh, they have a lot of players that haven't been in the World Series. A very young team, obviously. Um, I think tomorrow is going to be the Astros. I mean, the Astros are used to this game one World Series. They're playing at Minute Maid. Uh, is that correct? Playing at Minute Maid, obviously. Yeah. They know the fans. The, the the moment's not going to get too big for these guys that need to show up, like Correa, like Altuve, like Bregman, like Oliver. I mean, they have all these guys that are going to be really good that are not going to have a nerve, in my opinion, just based off of how much adversity they've overcame. I think tomorrow's going to go to the Astros with the yes run first inning, of course. I mean, why not? And I think the series is going to go six or seven, man. I think I, I want to see this series go seven just based off the fact that the game seven, do or die, anyone can win. You can maybe have the break. It's just I think it's going to go seven. I doubt. I doubt this game this series, is going to go four or five or six or four or five. Sorry, just based off how evenly matched both these teams are. And do you see how crazy that Atlanta stadium gets? It is a madhouse, yeah. man. Yeah. I can't believe it.
1: It really I is. Think, yeah, I think that's one of the more exciting. As great as Houston fans are, I think Atlanta especially in, even in NBA, right? But we're talking about baseball here. I think that it gets crazy in there. Like they have the lights flickering when like there's a pitching change or a home run and you have the chop going and the, the fans all getting into it. It's a wild time, man.
2: It's insane. And, and Tyler Matzik's brother sent me a video of after his strikeout because mm. I, they were sitting in the, like the family section, which was like 20 rows up, uh. and his phone was legit shaking. Like he was recording, like him coming off the mound, when he did that fist pump and jump, and his phone was legitimately shaking. I don't think the Astros have really played a team. Maybe you can argue the Red Sox. Uh, they haven't played a team in the like the, a World Series setting w- with fans that crazy that. I mean, it's it, it's going to be bananas for this for this uh, series, and I generally do think it's going to be whoever can steal one at home, uh, at, uh, at uh, as visitors. I think every team is going to take the home games. It's going to be an absolute dogfight, man. Whoever can steal one on the road is going to win this series because winning at home is going to be with both these fans that are absolute psychopaths. It's going to be re- it's going to be very very hard to win on the road.
0: All That's right, good angle, actually, Johnny, because we, we've we gone through the pitch and rotations, we've gone through the bats. Um, Moon, I've talked a little bit earlier about the uh, the team's relative experience uh, that Houston have been there before. Atlanta uh, don't necessarily haven't been there as a team, but they do have some experienced players. Um, but that home field advantage and... Um, a crowd who's been a little bit starved of uh, playoff baseball going absolutely nuts um, is is a fine angle to look at and will definitely uh, have an effect. Uh, Moonaf, what were you saying? Sorry, I cut you off.
1: No, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, you know, uh, Johnny was talking about the home field advantage there this season, or at least in the postseason. Braves are a perfect five and zero at home in the playoffs, so I think that yeah. you know we're kind of onto something there. Right? And I think Johnny's spot on that whichever team steals a road victory is probably going to be that wins this series so definitely we're gonna have to keep an eye out on that for sure in this uh, world series
2: it's going to be tough. It's going to be – and you have guys that are young on the mound, man. I mean, you got Max Freed, Ian Anderson. Yes, yeah. you got Jesse Chavez coming out of the pen, but these guys have never pitched in massive, massive games like this. These guys have never pitched in front of these psychopath fans at Minute Made, man. I mean, yeah. you see what they did to guys like Chapman, what they did. I mean, it's going to be bananas, and if you can steal – obviously, it's if you steal one on the road, or you're going to win the series, but – it's going to be very, very hard to win on the road this series, especially let's say they're up one going into the bottom of the ninth. Those minute may, I mean, no, no one person is going to be sitting in that stadium. The momentum is yeah. going to be crazy there, man. So if you can steal one on the road, you're going to win this series with ease. And you saw it with, I mean, the Dodgers fans are pathetic. I mean, let's not joke around here. I mean, that, that stadium, you could hear a pin drop. I'm not saying that because I hate the Dodgers. I do, but it just, it's going to be a completely different atmosphere than what you see at Dodger Stadium, man. It really is.
0: Uh, so, in terms of trends, then Johnny, um, you've given us uh, a run in the first inning. You're going to be following that. Um, are you still following uh, Alvarez on his total basis at plus one point five? And is there anything else that you uh, you look to be you look to be getting on every every game?
2: One guy who I re- who's really started to heat up, and you saw it. I mean, Freddie Freeman was struggling at that start of that series. He really turned it on. I honestly, there might be some really good value with him to go over one and a half bases every game in the series. I mean, this guy is big game Freddie. Every single time the moment is is high, he, the, the team needs a home run, the team needs an extra base hit. This guy shows up. I mean, Freddie Freeman, I don't know if the value is going to be that good, but I'm assuming it's going to be because the World Series over one and a half bases. Freddie Freeman, I, I'm going to take that every single game as well, obviously. Our cash cow Alvarez. I mean, this guy's a freak. So those two guys are guys are going to be riding with over one and a half bases. And I think um, just based off of how well they've been performing, I think that's kind of a like a a lock pretty much.
0: Uh, Freddie Freeman is going to feature a little bit later on in a couple of my picks, so I'm not going to completely out myself. Um, but when I was looking down the looking down the markets, he seemed quite low. In a couple, he seemed quite a big price for MVP. But also in the, the, we've been looking at. I've been doing a lot of the D-Gen props in uh, the home run markets, uh, and we've cashed a couple. We had a nice one to Franco early in this series, uh, and Freddie Freeman was was way down the list um, at eleven to two. Uh, so, what, plus 650 uh, to hit home runs. So, you've he, been slightly, I think, undervalued. So, I'm pleased that uh, you've spotted Freddie, Fe- Freddie Freeman on those uh, total base markets, so he might not be that prohibitive a price, um, just because he's further down the list in a lot of the markets that I've seen. Um, one final uh, outright you need to give us then, Johnny, is a MVP for this series uh, who catches your eye. I've got a feeling I know where this is going.
2: Uh, And actually, I want to throw you completely off guard here. I I genuinely do think this is a guy, he said, this is it. This is his last time in Houston. The song and dance is over. This is a guy that has performed in the playoffs, cheating or not. You saw it on the road when he was in L.A. You saw it wherever in, in the whole playoff run. Carlos Correa... World Series MVP plus 1,200. This guy is absolutely electric. Hate him or love him. He mashes for a living. This is his last song and dance with the Houston Astros. The dream's over. He's not going back there. That's it. He said it's done. This is a guy, just a storybook ending. Cinderella story. Carlos Correa, World Series MVP at plus 1,200. I mean, you got to take at least a stab at that.
0: Love that, Johnny. Uh, will there be some uh, sentiment, sentimental money going on, Tyler Matt second like twenty eight. Yeah, you 21. know what? Yeah,
2: plus I mean, right now my book has him at I believe it's plus twenty five hundred World Series MVP. You could honestly argue he should have won the MVP of last series. I mean Eddie yeah. Rosario was up there for sure, but yes, holy shit, if Tyler Math doesn't get those doesn't punch out those three guys in that game with runners on second and third. And he's not facing bums. I mean, he was facing poo-holes and Mookie bets. Like, he struck out two guys that are unbelievable hitters. And I believe Turner was in the middle of that, Trey Turner. I don't know if I could, I could be wrong on that. But I thought he was going to win, the, like, the MVP of that uh, championship series. But you might as well take a stab on This guy pitches every game. He pitched every single game, these playoffs besides one. So good value there at plus 2,500. And let's do this, by the way, every single game, us three will all tweet a home run prop pick every yep. single game. Me, uh, uh, every single game. We'll do it before game time. We'll do the odds and uh, whoever wins wins, but we're going to try to tally it up here. Hopefully it goes seven.
0: We'll figure something out. 100%. Johnny. I am all, all about that. Um, yeah, my my uh home run picks, my D gen bets have been going okay. Home runs and stolen bases have been my friend uh in the in the playoffs so far. Uh Moonaf, anything else you need to grill Johnny about?
1: No, I think that you know, spot on. I think that uh Johnny think that this will be this is a more closer um matchup than a lot of people are thinking. I think I told you the same thing offline, Malcolm, is I think that just because the Braves are coming in with house money doesn't mean they're gonna lay down. They have players on both the batting side and the pitching side as uh, Johnny alluded to. So definitely it's going to be a great series and it's great, you know, picking the great minds of guys that are following baseball, um, including Scott. We had an earlier Johnny and then uh, our other guest that's going to come on later in the show. So, Definitely looking forward to the uh, World Series, man. Uh, and, again, thanks a lot, Johnny, for leading us to that over one-and-a-half uh, basis for your on Alvarez. That was an easy, easy slam dunk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no worries, false. Thanks for having me on. And, by the way, guys, Tyler Matzik episode dropping on Tuesday, a little surprise episode. You yeah. guys are the only ones that know so far. So, I mean, we're going to be – I might have to mention the show. I might have to mention this show on the podcast. We'll figure something out.
0: I appreciate that, uh, Well, no, you're, you're absolutely right, John. Do you know what? Because I'm still on this learning journey. Uh I am an alien in the northeast of England. And when I hear someone like you coming on, and you actually make me feel that I've got kind of the process right, because you'll see it you you've arrived at conclusions that I've kind of got to myself. Uh so I appreciate the uh the fact that you've helped support me on the on this learning journey that I'm on. Um, give us um the details of where we can find you and what we can expect. uh, Feel free to mention the Tyler Matzik. Yeah.
2: So the Tyler Matzik episode is uh, last week. We actually had Jake Berger on in the White Sox. Absolute electric guest. One of maybe the funniest guests I've ever had in my life. This guy was letting it fly electric. This Thursday, we have Oscar Mercado for the Cleveland Indians outfielder. Nice. And then uh, we have Tyler Matzik surprise bonus episode dropping tomorrow. And then uh, Brett Phillips in the next couple of weeks is going to be coming on. So you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And honestly, I post some of the dumbest videos of myself on the, on the <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. I mean, you you, everyone knows it, but uh, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. And here's a little snippet. I know this is a baseball podcast, but if someone wants to make money and get it now, the University of Michigan, my team, is going to roll in to Michigan State this weekend and beat the brakes off the Michigan State Spartans. If you want to make money, I might honestly, put, I'm not over-exaggerating you, I might put $550 on this. Like, that's a weak paycheck for me. <laughs> I'm putting the mortgage on it. So let's there ride with that, but this is a baseball show, and let's make some money this week for the last couple of weeks. fellas. Then we'll roll into the next season and figure something out. Yeah, this
0: is a baseball show. Uh, we've already had cricket tips earlier on, Johnny. Uh, we've now got some <laughs> college football. Uh, so we'll see how many, uh, how many of the d we can take uh, before the end of the pod. Um, I told you, I told you, he was uh, enthusiastic, um, Johnny. Thank you very much. Enjoy uh, all the games. Uh, enjoy your week. Enjoy your five hundred and fifty dollars on there. Did you say Michigan? I need to write Michigan. that down. Michigan Wolverine, Saturday, twelve p.m. Let's ride. I need another vice. So yeah, college football, that'll sort me out. Um, Appreciate you coming on, man. We'll speak to you soon. Have a good one, fellas. Easy, boys. Cheers. Thank you. And on the line now is our third uh, and final. I'm not saying we saved the best till last, but we definitely saved the best till last. uh, Guest of the episode, um, making her third appearance of the season, her hat-trick appearance on the MLB Gambling podcast is the Yahoo Sports Lead Betting Analyst, Minty Betts. Minty, good evening. How are you?
4: I'm doing well. I feel so special. You said you saved the best for last. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) We've said that to everyone, Minty. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) No, it's very true. We did save the best to last. Only, Minty, if you give us some winners, though, otherwise you will sharply slide down the pecking order. Since the last time we spoke to you... um, how was your baseball betting and your uh, playoff experience been?
4: You know, I'm a little bummed that the Red Sox didn't make it all the way. But, uh, you know, those overs kept hitting. So that's where we made the most money here. And, and me and Munaf said we were just going to constantly ride the overs in yep. in that series. So I think it went pretty well.
0: Um, and what are you are looking forward to most? Um, Just before we started recording here, you said you were excited for game one tomorrow. So... Uh, What is it that's uh, that's got you going most about this?
4: To be honest, not the matchup specifically. Uh, However, it's like when you're mid-season during the baseball season, you kind of get a little burnt out. And then when it stops for a couple of days, it's a little weird that you just don't have something to turn on and just like listen to or or just like mindlessly watch. So it's been a little weird. I'm just excited to have baseball back on one last time uh, for, you know, a couple more games until they take a longer break
0: i found it really unusual just to have one game to look at. Um, And as the season stops, because it's so cute, it's so relentless, uh, 15 games a night, then all of a sudden it stops and you get one or two games a night. And this is more like my experience of of sort of football betting or whatever. You've got one or two games you can look at. You can take your time. Uh, You don't have that in the regular season. So you can really, uh, there's so many numbers you can get involved with. Um, I'll start you off, Minty, with some... uh, Keys for each team uh, in this World Series. What do you think is going to be the, the difference makers? Uh, which team is going to get over the finish line and how?
4: Wow. So keys for each team. I think the Braves, de- not I think, but the Braves definitely have better pitching, which is pretty vital. Uh, their rotation includes two of the best pitchers in Max Fried and Charlie Morton. However, I do kind of feel like hitters are ahead of pitchers as of late and Houston's lineup just destroys any pitcher Uh any opposing starter, as they've averaged over five runs per game, um, that's the Astros' keys uh, key to winning any game. Really, their deep lineup, but their starting rotation lacks quality right now, and their bullpen. I give that edge to Atlanta as well. So Atlanta with the pitching and the lineup with uh, the Astros here. Uh,
0: that deep lineup, Moonaf, uh, you pointed that out a couple of times. That's uh, that's the one one of the the big things that uh, that your opinion uh, has swayed towards Houston.
1: Yeah, we talked about this, Malcolm, and everything that you know. I I said Minty pretty much agrees with, and, and that said, that I thought that the Braves do have the pitching edge in this um, in this World Series, just because again, Lance McCullers won't be pitching in this uh, World Series. It just came out today that he won't be uh, pitching because of the forearm injury. Um, so I yeah, I do give the the edge at least pitching wise to so the Braves, and then we, again, we talk about the Astros lineup. It is just so deep, Malcolm. I feel like I'm being redundant by saying this. It it, it, <laughs> it, it really is because it is again, it was a prime example when we talked about the Red Sox and the Astros series. Is that even though the Red Sox were getting out to those eight-nothing, five-nothing leads, as a Red Sox fan, in the back of my mind, I was like, This game is far from over just because of the capabilities that the offense of the Astros have. And I think that's gonna be a a a big part of this this world series, obviously, because one through seven again, one through seven, one through eight, very, very deep. Um, for the Astros, so again, it's going to be the, like Minty said, the hitters are uh, ahead of the pitchers right now. And I think in all the series that we've seen so far, um, I think that might also come into fruition, uh, in this world series between the Astros and the Braves.
0: Uh, when we last spoke, Minty, we were uh, we were in the midst of uh, following the overs in that Red Sox series. Is, is there a trend? Uh, that you're looking to to play on every game this and uh, in, in this upcoming series.
4: You're right. the answer to that, the overs. <laughs> I like the over in game one. I think I'm gonna ride. I mean, we have to see how game one plays out, but I think I would just continuously ride the over uh, in all games if I could, just solely because of the Astros. Honestly.
0: It's a more fun pitch as well. You get to cheer everybody on, don't you? Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be sitting there uh, hoping for a, for a one nothing <laughs> pitches deal. Um, so, outright prediction then, Minty. Which team in how many games?
4: This may be my heart speaking, but I like the Braves to win oh, it all. Nice. Plus 130. Enough. I know I should probably go with experience as the Astros have been there and won it before, but the Braves are true underdogs with that really slow and ugly first half of the season rebuilt mid season and are now here at the world series. First time since 99, I was in kindergarten in 99. Okay. So I definitely don't remember that uh, they're definitely the more complete team and can't pass up on that plus money value. Um, and in how many games, uh, if the Braves do win, I think it's going to be in Braves postseason fashion in the seventh game plus 600 are the odds for that?
0: Wow. Um, <laughs> for the for the entire series, um, Minty, we've been getting everyone to give us an MVP, uh, something at a fancy price. Uh, anybody, anybody catch your eye?
4: So, uh, in all honesty, I don't super ever bet on like one player, however, I think MVP should go to. Since I like the Braves to win, Eddie Rosario. Uh, he's at fourteen to one. I know he won the NLCS MVP, had three homers, nine RBIs in the postseason. Uh, came to this team mid-season, uh, one you know of the desperately needed outfielders for the Braves. Um, in the postseason, he's had the second most hits, tied third most homers, third most RBIs, third best batting average. I mean, again, this is postseason in general. Um, I like him to ride off of this momentum and just crush it in the World Series.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I went. Uh, I picked another another brave, but you just have to ride the hot hand sometimes. We did this a lot, moon after during the season, um, because baseball is a game of streaks. Uh, we saw, uh, for example, Freddie Freeman started the season really cold, then all of a sudden was hot. Um, we've seen Jock Peterson, um, get his bats caught fire. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, and you absolutely um, couldn't write off Eddie Rosario just to carry on doing what he did last week.
1: Yeah, especially with the Braves lineup, Malcolm, I mean, you know, as much as love that we've given the Astros lineup, the Braves lineup is not bad at all. Just because they don't have the names that the Astros have, they still have hitters. Right? We talked about Eddie Rosario, uh, Freddie Freeman, Oz- uh, Ozzie Albies, um, uh, your guy, Darby Swanson. I mean, these guys can hit, right? I mean, just because they're not the big, fancy names like the Correas or the Altuves or even the Jordan Alvarez's of the world. They can still hit the ball. And I think I agree with Minty is that unders are not fun to root for. And we have like two great lineups, uh, especially when the Astros are involved. You you kind of do want to look at the uh, look at overs. So early on, I think uh, maybe a first five over is my something like you want to look at in game one. Um, but I think, yeah, like I said, I think we'll see runs in the series. And, you know, when you have two great batting lineups with the, the, the pitching, maybe not up to par, as we've seen in the past with maybe like last year when they had. Walker Buehler, Clayton Kershaw to the Dodgers when they wanted this season. Again, the ace for both of these teams is not there, right? Mike Soroka hasn't been there all season for the Braves, and Lance McCullers, Justin Verlander, not there for the Astros.
0: So moving away from the series and more specifically to game one, Minty, uh, the Braves at plus 110 with Charlie Morton, the Astros at minus 130 with Framba Valdez. Um, where are you going here? You you following your Braves to, uh, to get off to the hot start?
4: Yes, I've got two picks here. Okay, first one, uh, like Manoff said, the Astros and the Braves, great hitting teams, ranked top eight in runs per game in the regular season. Uh, We know Houston's lineup, excellent. Braves possess some great bats as well. Valdez has started three games in the postseason for the Astros, allowed 16 hits, eight earned runs, including two homers. So I mentioned it, I'm gonna ride this trend. I like the over, it's only set at eight. Um, The Astros are eight and two to the over their last 10 and the Braves have hit the over in four of their last five games as for game one winner gotta go like i said with the better postseason pitcher that's charlie morton so my pick is atlanta on the money line uh great value with the plus money and the braves are actually better on the road here winning 22 of their last 30 regular season road games so that's pretty impressive
0: oh good stuff i mean nice deep dive uh i like that eight and two on the overs in the last 10 um I think we've covered everything. What's your, uh, what's your watching experience going to be like, Minty? Will you be heading out and about, or uh, do you get curled up in front of the TV? How would you like to watch?
4: Oh, just in front of the TV. I've got some couple screens here, probably like you guys. Uh, I can have a movie on one and baseball on the other. I'm just a little sad that it's the end of MLB season. So, got to savor it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, um, baseball is one of the great sports for passive watching, uh, it's a very good second. Second screen sport, uh, I found during the season. However, uh, World Series, it's definitely uh, main screen. I don't expect uh, your eyes, Moon, after you're doing their usual tennis thing when you've got 15 screens going on. Uh, it's oh, all, yeah. all focused on one. Um, any final thoughts, Minty? Anything we haven't covered? Anything you wanted to point out to us?
4: Let's go Braves. That's it. Follow uh, me on Minty or on Twitter at Minty Vets and uh, TikTok as well at Yahoo Sportsbook for a ton of content, contests, and uh, just funny memes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Minty, thank you very much. Um, it's been a pleasure. Third time this season. Uh, thank you for, uh, for joining us and uh, giving us your expertise on this pod. Enjoy all the baseball. Uh, good luck um, with that. And then I'm sure... Uh, there's plenty of football content to come as well, Minty. Um, once the baseballs finished. Um, how was your how was your NFL weekend this week?
4: Oh, so good! Bengals <laughs> plus six and a half hit, money line hit. Titans plus four and a half hit. It was a great weekend. I hope I can keep it rolling and wrap up Monday night with uh, some good, good juju as well.
0: Uh, I noticed you tweeting out earlier on that the, the you might be taking some uh, some plus was it plus three twenty five on the Bengals for the division maybe.
4: Yeah, I think it was plus three thirty to win the AFC North because why not take advantage of the injured Baltimore team, the injured Cleveland team right now, and whatever the Steelers are doing uh, at the moment too.
0: Yeah, excellent. Uh, I think that's the fourth sport so far tonight, Moon. After uh, that, we managed to give picks out uh, while we're trying to analyze this World Series. So uh, true, gen stuff as always. Minty, thank you very much, uh, and we'll speak to you soon, hopefully. A lot of talk tonight on the podcast about player props, uh, Jordan Alvarez, total bases, etc. cetera. Um, if you could have stock in Jordan Alvarez, Trey Turner, et cetera, get yourself across to Prediction Strike. Uh, makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favourite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favourite players, start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy to use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use code SGPN, then deposit funds to buy, sell and hold shares of your favourite players. Just like you would real stocks, the value of players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of players at any time as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Sign up with the promo code SGPN to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. Moonaf, um, we have had a lot of expert opinions uh, on this pod tonight. It is nearly time. Uh, for us to give out our outright picks. Uh, before we do that, though, I teased it slightly earlier on, Munaf, uh, yeah. and we have got a free roll, a DraftKings free roll, $200 yes. to the winner. Absolutely outstanding. There's not going to be that many runners. You're going to give yourself a chance of winning a maximum field of 200. Um, how can the people get involved, Moonaf?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's pretty simple. And so you go over to the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, or on Twitter, go to either Malcolm's uh, Twitter handle or go to mine or go to Sports Gambling Podcast Twitter handle and you'll see the $200 DraftKings free roll contest for game one of the World Series. And all you have to do is just click on the link, it'll direct you to the website. And we just ask a little favor is that you leave us a five star review and something nice to say. About mm. the podcast, whether it's about myself or whether it's about the superstar of the show, Malcolm, and how sexy he sounds. Um, I saw a True. review. I want to ask you about that all fine. I don't know if you wrote that or somebody else, but <laughs>
0: oh, <sure>. okay,
1: yeah. <laughs> Somebody wrote something <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, leave us a five-star review. Uh, leave us a uh, a nice comment, it really helps out the show. Um, and all you gotta do is just is a, a, a simple form that you fill out with some basic information. Uh, once you submit it, you'll get an email with the link into the draft uh, contest, DraftKings contest, fill out your lineup, and you'll be good to go for game one of the World Series. But again, make sure to head over to those outlets. You could either go to our Twitter accounts or just go directly to the website. Hit that MLB tab. You'll see it says uh, World Series Game 1 DFS free roll. Just follow the instructions. It's simple enough. A caveman can do it. If, if Malcolm can figure it out, I think anybody can do it. Right, Malcolm?
0: That that applies to most things, moving up. I'll be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> if I can get my head around it, it can't be that complicated. Um, yeah. I don't know uh, who was left to review saying that I sound sexy, but I've got a feeling, I know, uh, and I will be messaging them very shortly to ask if it was them. Uh, silly <laughs> friends of mine. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a captain showdown mode. Uh, so, yeah, pick your skipper for, yeah. for the time and a half, their salary. Uh, times 1.5 and you get points times 1.5 I'm sure you all know how to play um, yeah it's exciting uh, and like I say a huge chance huge chance to win a couple of hundred books uh, which will set you up nicely for the rest of the World Series um, having said that then Munaf, um, all of this expert advice and the thought of you and me um, we need to make some picks Munaf. Um, we're going to let you lead off uh, we'll go Game one first. Okay. Give us your game one picks before we move on to our outrights.
1: Yeah, for game one, let's go. I'm going to go with the hometown team. I got to go with the uh, Astros here in game one with Framber Valdez on the mound, currently seeing a price of minus 140. And I think it's a lot of it to what, what Johnny said is that this, the, the hometown or, or the, the home field advantage. I don't think there's a significant one, and I think that we've talked about earlier, Malcolm said, NFL doesn't have that home field advantage anymore. But I think in the playoffs, especially in Houston, I mean, the fans are rowdy. They're crazy. They love getting behind this Astros team. And I think for this Astros team that has so much success in Minute Maid Park, Framber Valdez building off of the momentum that he had in game five, where he pitched an absolutely outstanding game. He had a no-hitter going into, I believe, either fourth or fifth inning, where he really limited the... Uh, Red Sox offense. I think that momentum will carry him in here into the world series of game one. Um, I'm expecting the bats to show up here. Charlie Morn has been a little shaky early on, um, but a guy, you know, he is a pitcher that I, I, I highly respect. Uh, he could get this strikeouts early on, but I just feel like this offense for the Astros will be too much in game one. I'm going with the Astros money line. Game one minus 140.
0: I'm um- Say so, yeah, you only made one pick there, Moon, after for game one. I've gone nuts. Um, I've got a list as long <laughs> as you're on. Um, and in a move that is of no help to the listeners whatsoever, I've taken the Braves at plus 110. Um, okay. I think we've established, and what we talk to people, that there's just nothing between the two teams. And I've used this um, method a couple of times in games that are so tight. You just take the bigger prize. Um, they're, they're so close together. I'm happy to take the plus 110. Um, I have also gone for the under. Um, it's 8.5 runs on my book which is minus 190 um, expecting both pitches to go relatively well and the bullpens to be using their best guys as well in game 1 uh, so that lends itself to an under uh, Charlie Morton over 4.5 strikeouts at minus 180, uh, 3 postseason games a season, 5-5 five, five, and 9 uh, so he's 3 and out of the overs, uh, happy to take that, Frambo Valdez hits aloud, um, over 4.5 at plus 100 um, he went over in his first 2 starts uh, then obviously through that beautiful uh, game last time. I don't think he's likely to go the eight innings that he went last time. So I think he either has a poor start and yeah. gets hit, where which happened in games one and two, or if he's pitching well, he could go five, six, seven innings and still scatter five hits. That's not unreasonable. And um, he pitches well. So yeah, I picked out four Braves, Unders, Charlie Morton over on the strikeouts and Framba Valdez over on the hits. Uh, all kind of related contingencies um, expecting the Braves to go well, Morton to pitch well, uh, and the Braves to get to Valdez a little bit. Um, I'll, to the I'll out- add one.
1: Oh, sorry, on, I'll then, add a, on. a prop for game one here with Charlie Morton. And I'm going to go over half a home run allowed uh, at plus 120. And he's given up a home run in two out of the three starts here in the postseason I think now you're facing one of the better offenses that he's faced uh, within the first three games here. No disrespect to the Dodgers. They have great one through four. But when we talk about the Astros, any guy in that one through seven can hit a home run for you. And I think that for him to give up a home run in two out of the three games that he's pitched in the postseason so far, we may see an early home run, whether it's by Jose Altuve or maybe one of those guys. Early in the lineup. So I'll go over uh half a home run allowed by Charlie Morton in game one at plus one twenty.
0: Yeah, and as Johnny mentioned earlier and if you watch out on Twitter, uh we'll give out exactly who was gonna hit that home run as well. Uh so yeah. you can uh, you can you can fill your boots on those. Um outright picks, Moonaf, uh World Series twenty twenty-one. Who's winning it, and which players are gonna are gonna take down MVPs? Have you got any correct scores, handicaps? Uh, uh, yeah. Where's the moon half millions going?
1: Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, we we've talked a lot about this whole podcast, Malcolm, between you and I, between you know the the guests that we have on with Scott, Johnny, and Minty, and and we've just we've seen both sides of of the argument, right? And I think that for me, and we've talked about it all season long on our podcast. Is that I'm I'm close to the two teams. Number one, the home team, the Astros and the Red Sox, and and for me, I just can't turn my back against this Astros team at this point of the season. They they cashed a huge bet for me for for AL West division champs in this lineup. I, I've been talking about it for almost every day in the playoffs when we talk about the Astros. I just feel like this this lineup is just it, it's so so tough to get through it one through seven. If it was only one through four. I think that in any pitcher can get through it, but when we talk about one through seven with Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, Correa, Tucker, and then Yuli Gurriel, even sometimes the eighth hitter for this Red, sorry, the Astros team, they can hit and get on base, right? Whether if it's if it's Chase McCormick or if it's uh, another guy, the only outcast is Martin Maldonado. Is a guy that you don't need him to hit. He's there for defensive purposes. So. I'm going to go with the Houston Astros here. I just feel like they are the better team. Um like we've talked about there's there's marginal differences on 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 the pitching side, but for me at least for the batting side, I think the Astros are way superior and it's a game where you have to score runs. As great as pitching can be, we saw that in the Milwaukee series. Their pitching is great, but they were not able to score runs against this Braves team. So I'm taking the Astros to win this series, currently seeing a price of minus 150. And I'm going to go uh, Astros in six games at plus 390. Uh, I've seen a, a, a couple of four-to-ones. Um, I think that that going into Atlanta for this Houston team, I think that they'll be able to probably get two there from Atlanta. And maybe they'll steal one from the Astros. But I, I just think that this Astros team is far superior batting-wise. Um, I think Luis Garcia and, and Framber Bervaldez will be in form in games, uh, one into this season or sorry, this world series. So I'm going hometown team minus minus I'm taking the series price of Astros and six at four to one and, uh, the MVPs, I think Scott read my mind when he had, when we had him on, I'm going Jordan Alvarez and Carlos Correa, to, uh, one of those two guys to win the MVP, um, for, for the Astros. I think Johnny also said Carlos Correa at a price of a beat, uh, 11 to one or 12 to one. So those are going to be my official picks for the world series.
0: Excellent. Uh, yeah. Faultless logic, Munaf. Um, I am going to completely fly in the face of that. I think um, is, is, is the podcast got on. It's been, it's been fairly obvious that I'm going to lean the other way for the reason that I just stipulated for game one. Um, I just think that they're far too close together um, and you've got to give the Braves a chance. So they've just beaten, they've beaten the Dodgers fairly comfortably um, consistently outscored them, out-hit them, out-pitched them. Um, and I think they've got a little bit, of, bit little bit of momentum. Um, so I'm going to take the Braves at plus 110. Um, I'm going to take the Braves in six. I'm going to go six games, uh, just like you, Munaf. I'm going to take the Braves in six at plus 650. Uh, MVP um, mentioned it when we were talking with Johnny. Uh, Freddie Freeman, 9-1. Uh, he can get very hot. He's a professional hitter. He's an absolutely rock solid player. Um, I've got another one here, and, and it's Dansby Swanson at forty to one. This is my D pick. Mm, I um, like it. Um, Scott at the top of the show said that it's not going to be a pitcher. Uh, it's going to be a bat. It's good if it's going to be a bat. It's going to be a bat from one of the wi- from the winning team, and so that really narrows it down to five or six. So at that point, you just need the opportunity. Now Dansby Swanson is going to play every day. Uh, yeah. he's this, he starts and they don't have anyone. They're going to switch him in and out. Um, he's one of their glue guys. He's a great defender and he can hit the ball out. He can he can, he can knock runs in. Um, so if we've got it down to a five or six horse race, which it will be if the Braves win, uh, if it follows my script, uh, then Swanson at 40 to one uh, has as much opportunity as anybody else in there. Uh, so I'm going to make those my official picks, Munaf.
1: Well, we're on opposite sides of this one. And I think that's, yeah. uh, I think it's good for the show, right? Because I think Malcolm, you and I, we have agreed a lot throughout the season on, on you know, picks and things like that. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think that this was a overall, a great discussion, a great in-depth breakdown of both, you know, both teams. And that's where you kind of gather your intel and your information, whether it's from both between the discussions you and I had or, or with the guests that we had. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, you know, I- I'm looking forward to the World Series. One of us will be right. One of us will be wrong. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay. That's what makes a great podcast. That what makes us uh, having this great chemistry that you and I have had all season. So, you know, we're going to be here all throughout the week uh, like we did for the National League uh, Championship Series, the American League Championship Series. We'll be here grinding it out every single day, uh, recapping the games, picking games two, three, four, however long it goes. So I'm Really looking forward to it, uh, Malcolm. This is going to be a lot of a lot, a lot of fun. A lot of fun.
0: Yeah, bragging rights up for grabs between uh, yeah. me and you, Moonaf. Uh, but yeah, it's set up absolutely beautifully. Uh, we'll be doing our little bite-sized podcasts uh, pre-game uh, from game two onwards. Um, great thanks to Scott and Johnny and Minty uh, for coming on and joining us. We have left no stone unturned uh, in an attempt to pick some winners. Uh, here in this World Series. Um, thank you very much, Moonaf. Yes, sir. Um, don't forget, everybody, to get across uh, to the Sports Gambling Podcast website uh, and click on that MLB link and get in that um, DraftKings free roll. Uh, 200 bucks someone's going to take it home. Uh, and if you don't, uh, me or off might. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. So get across uh, and get involved in that. Um, plus, all the other content um, over on the website. Download the app like, rate, review, all the usual stuff Um, thank you for listening, it's been a bit of an epic one, Uh, hopefully you've got time to digest this before it all kicks off tomorrow night, Um, good luck with your bets everyone, thanks for listening and we'll see you down the road, cheers